far are you going? About 30 years. In this week's episode, we get to review, in honor of Miro's death, the 1997 Berserk series and the Golden Age arc movies. Had to fiddle with okay. some settings. Oh. So, are we recording? Yeah, we're recording now. We're good. Okay. Welcome to the Anime of Yesteryear podcast. We're reviewing Berserk. We're actually going to talk about an anime for since Halloween <laughs> of last year. Last uh, yeah, the okay. Batman anime. <laughs> no, so I was. I guess that technically counts. That that does technically count. I fight for that. I mean, Korean anime also, but. Um, uh-huh. yeah, we need to get back into reviewing those, I guess, at some point. But no, like, uh, my buddy Sean Ryan, former of Alpha Counter, was just like, yeah, I listened to some of your stuff. You really need to get back into reviewing, like, you know, the topic of, like, your name of your podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> not a bad idea. No, it's not. I, I think, I think, I think enough, uh, pandering and crying and whining about events in our world and how we're never going to ever, ever solve them. And no matter how mad and upset I get, and we just need to talk about Japanese cartoons. I think that was I, the idea 10 years ago. That was the idea. That was the idea of the cool kids club days. Uh-huh. No, but he mentioned, I was like, yeah, this, like you guys had to do a spinoff podcast. I'm like, I don't have it in me. Uh, that's no, uh-huh. I, I don't, I don't, give the craps to do that anymore. I'm like, look, we'll just throw everything in a closing remark and call it an episode. Like, we've always done. Um, anyways, yes, so we're triumphantly returning to talk about an anime, the anime of Berserk, and I never thought we'd be reviewing this, but because of the passing of what was it, Kentaro Mira, the creator of Berserk, um, I, I think this is just an odd thing for me to talk about because of how I got into Berserk this month fully and how I basically started watching the series. I started watching the series. My old, I had anime work DVDs for years and I was like, oh, I'll watch Berserk eventually. Um, so I've known about Berserk for since high school, many, many years, early 2000s. And... I finally was like, I had COVID last summer. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch these Berserk DVDs and see how good this is. First episode 
of the 90 this is the 97 series it totally kicked ass it's awesome and then the DVD starts screwing up and then I can I, I just like you know what forget it I'll watch Berserk at some point and I don't know what it, I don't know what it was that got me into wanting to watch I think someone was streaming like um, that video game a dark oh shoot I forgot I'm dumb I think it's one of the Berserk video games. Dark Souls. No, uh, Dark oh. Souls is is high, oh. it's a game heavily influenced by Berserk. Because okay. I was looking at, it, I was like, you know, maybe I ought to check into Berserk, and then yeah, I downloaded the episodes from Naya on May the sixth. I got through the whole show, just the ninety seven series, and I was so hungry for more. And I assume since May sixth, since I started, the creator of the series was alive this whole time, and like, well, I'm definitely going to get more stuff once I. You know, go through the CGI series because this has me entrapped. You know, entrapped in it. I-, I love every second of it. And then, like two days later, after I finished the '97 series, I find out that the creator was dead since the sixth of May, and that is right just ir- yeah. So, kids torrenting will kill creators. It's like an Very internet death note. <laughs> yeah. No, I. You are to blame. <laughs> I, no, no. You exploded as. You get that evil off me, Ricky Bobby, right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like it was just like something about that. How just coincidentally significant that is, is why I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start paying attention and really caring about Berserk now. I'm just based on those events. The- I'm going to read out the pinned uh, things in the chat. Oh, gosh. Uh, we're talking about how the Hunter Hunter author uh, is also someone who goes on hiatus a lot, like the Berserk author. And was. how is he still alive? How? And you said, yeah, but at least the HXH Arthur, A-U-R-T-H-O-R. Don't make fun of my use. spelling. <laughs> yeah, but the Berserk Arthur is, he spelled it that way twice. Is it sick? <laughs> <laughs> he isn't sick. Technically, that was true. He was dead already. Oh. <laughs> Shut up, John. Don't make fun of my internet spelling. <laughs> you know I don't care about grammar on a on a Slack chat. Come on now. You, you're not Viku, all right? It's just like how you spelled it. It's like a combination of like Arthur, that cartoon on PBS, and then author. That was a, that was a good cartoon. It had its high point twenty think, years ago. I think it's still running at like I, season thirty-five. Well, no, what, the last thing I remember was like Mr. Ratburn is like gay married now. They just made him gay, oh, and I'm but, like, yeah, you got to be kidding me! And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm done. Just if I ever if if and when I have kids, we're not going to own a TV, we're not going to own PBS. I don't even know if like Christian television can save my kid's soul. Like I don't even trust that anymore. <laughs> I think that like PBS was like refusing to broadcast the like gay rat wedding that happened uh, in like Alabama. Mm. Like it was like some one southern state or something refused to air this episode or something. But then it's probably in like all the episodes after that is they'll have like him next to his husband or whatever. Well, I don't know if like if they've ever done like a DVD release of um, Arthur on. um, Uh I don't know if there's any like actual physical releases of the show. It's always been on PBS as far as I know. They probably have some overpriced DVDs. You know how, like, if you ever watch, like, a PBS special, they'll have, like, all these advertisements oh, for the DVDs. Oh, it must like be a print-on-demand thing. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be the way I'd do it. 
<laughs> but yeah, I guess that show is still going. I mean, I, yeah. I only see like these days. I see like that meme of like Arthur's fist, like where he looks pissed off or something. Yeah, and he beats a sister. That that's like season one or two, I think. I remember watching that episode oh. like in middle school. Is it from an early one? Okay. Oh uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's an old one for sure. I don't remember any of the specific episodes, but I think I probably watched it when I was like in preschool or something. But. I mean, I, I, I just remember this little child that's like a, yeah. what is he even, like a deer or like a bear? Or like I think he's a brown creature. I think he's an anteater. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Like a mixture of some up. furry, I don't know what. You know? Hey, Siri, what is Arthur? television series for children ages 4 to 8 developed by Kathy Waffer PBS and produced by WTBH. That didn't tell me what I wanted to know. No, like what animal is Arthur? Hey Siri, what species is Arthur? Answer. tropes. A major animated TV series is built as an aardvark. An aardvark. I said anteater. It was, they both start with an A. I was pretty close. I, I get. Similar, I should get half it? a point for that. Oh yeah, this thing is basically an anteater. It, it, it literally eats ants. Uh, to see, I was right. I was ones. absolutely right, and I just said the wrong name. Well, maybe <laughs> anteater is like the like colloquial name for it. But yeah, anteater is sometimes colloquially called the African ant bear. I've never heard that anteater. Not to be confused with South American anteater or the Cape anteater after the Cape of Good Hope. Aardvark is the Afrikaans word for it. It means earth pig or ground pig because of its burrowing habits. Now we know all about Arthur and his species. You know, the there was a... is not an aardvark. There was a time when we talked about Japanese cartoons on this podcast. <laughs> and now we just talk about Arthur. Yeah, because <laughs> I can't. It all stemmed because I don't know how to spell it on a Slack chat. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So, I, I mean, like, I'm just going to say, like, uh, in terms of Berserk, like, I remember, I think I saw, like, part of an episode at a friend's house in high school. So we're talking, like, okay. 2003, probably. And he was like, yeah, you need to really check out the show. So that's, like, the only thing I knew about Berserk was, the like, the five minutes he showed me on his computer that he downloaded that were fan subs or something. And, and it was always like, you know, like, dude, cause he was like, so sad, like, dude, you got to watch this show. And I was like 16 or 17 or, you know, I was just like, ah, you know, but Evangelion and Gundam, like, you know, like, I'm sorry. And then initial D came along and said like a hundred thousand percent of my focus went to all of those things. And Berserk right. was always on the back burner. And I never, I mean, I had like two DVDs. I, I had those anime work DVDs for like years. Because I collect DVDs of stuff, and it's just in the cra- the never-ending crap catalog or back catalog of things to watch at some point. Maybe mm-hmm. when you're old, I don't know. But and then I finally gave it a shot last summer, and the Anime Works was like, "Yo, we're a brand new DVD, but we're not going to work." And I was like, "You know what? Fine." And I finally got a chance to just see like the '97 series, and super good. Incredibly so good. So, what year do you think you got those DVDs? I think in the past decade <laughs> is my best guess. Okay. Well, the first one I was mean, still sealed. I don't know where I, I got that we, from, but it was cheap. 
I think when I was in um, college, or maybe right after I watched it, okay, I read yeah, here's some your CDs from, from Paradise Video, and I remember telling you at the time, like, yeah, this is a great anime, we need to watch it and review it, and, and then, like, six, seven, eight years passed, and, like, still haven't done so until okay, now. Okay, did you tell me so, this when we first started this podcast, or was it two podcasts ago? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we were on this one by then, but it might have been Geek, not Geek Nights, what were we called, Between Cool Kids Club and this? Oh, Cybernauts? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, don't even bother. Don't, don't nobody bother going through those episodes to find that one snippet. It's not worth it. <laughs> well, I probably didn't say it on the podcast. I think I probably said it on the AIM chat when I was watching the episode. Yeah, or something, and but... I was just like, but my excuse was like, oh, yeah, I don't know, and yeah, and then now like the fact I've spent like a week and a half like plowing through it was the fact that when I watched that '97 series. And it usually ends on a cliffhanger. I'm like, well, I gotta stay up like another thirty minutes, and I gotta see what's next. I gotta see what happens. That was the hook of the show, and it worked. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was watching them like I, you know, renting one DVD at a time, or maybe I even did more than that because they had some sort of deal where it was like you could rent multiple DVDs for a discount because that was mm-hmm. how these old rental stores used to work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember I watched it pretty quickly because yeah, there's so many cliffhangers and stuff, and it's yeah. uh, hard to put it down. And, yeah, that, that, uh, it's the, it's the like twenty the eclipse. It's the twenty four effect where it's like every episode ends in a cliffhanger. So then, like, you know, you think with my family when we got into watching like the old twenty four series, um, we rented those from Blockbuster, and like we'd be up to like two in the morning on a Friday night, and my dad had to get up in like four or five hours to go to work. <laughs> yeah. That was that was good family I mean, times. This has like, I mean, I guess it's really mainly just one big arc. I mean, I think this whole arc is considered to be the golden age arc. Yeah. In the anime, um, other than like episode one, is considered to be the black swordsman arc. But it's like that's basically an arc that I mean, I guess I can explain the difference with the manga. Yeah. There's a there's a the first three volumes of the manga are set after this '97 anime. Uh, and they're called the Black Swordsman Arc. And other than the first couple chapters, they never adapted them, or maybe it's just the first one chapter, they never adapted them into the either of the animes. And so both this and the CGI anime, they both start with adapting the first couple chapters, and uh, then they just uh, skip ahead to the next arc. So it's kind of weird, but for whatever reason, and also the CGI anime um, movies, also they didn't adapt the Black Swordsman arc. So, I guess that arc is not really important. From what I've read, they have, like, some villains called the Count and the Snake King that are the yeah. villains in Yeah, so it. that was the first episode was the Black Swordsman arc, and, like, the, what a way to sell a show for people to watch it. Like, that was, that first episode is awesome, and then I was like, I want to see more of this. And then it just went, it was the entire Golden Age arc, which is, you know, the foundation of the series, but it was like, okay, they're going to get back to, the, like, that first episode and how awesome it is. But then you don't really get to watch that until the CGI series, the 2016-2017 series, which is what I just started. So, like, I'm on, I'm about to start episode three of the 2016 series. And right, I, and then even that, it skips the majority of that arc, and then it goes on to this stuff with the uh, the blonde girl and the rape horse and all this other stuff. Okay, I, I don't know anything stuff. about the rape horse. Don't say anything about it. Well, let me let me, um, let well, me there's not even an explanation for it. It just happens, and then it's never mentioned again. Okay, but uh, but it's like it's called the Millennium Falcon arc, is what the CGI series adapts. 
uh, which is weird because it's like it's named after a Star Wars thing. But well, I, thought, I guess at one point I thought it was just the Millennium that. Arc. So they called the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's called the Millennium Falcon arc, and I don't remember what the Millennium Falcon even is. I remember they mentioned it like one time in the CGI series or something. Okay, the, and then the, the whole arc is named after it. The <laughs> only thing, like hundreds of chapters. The only thing I know about that arc is the fact that that was like I think they adapted the story of that arc to the Dreamcast game, sort of Berserk, uh, uh-huh. like guts revenge or, or rage or something. Which yeah, I have this that is one of those arcs like Chimera Ange and Hunter Hunter. Where it lasted like so many years because it was always going on hiatus. So that's oh. like the bulk of the series is this uh, Millennium Falcon arc, and then uh, for most of it, he's on like a like a boat, which he gets on near the end of the CGI series. And so that was like this long running joke about Berserk is like, oh, is he off the boat yet? And then didn't that like, did, no. wait? Didn't that go on for like fifteen years or something? Because I remember you guys talking about that like a decade ago, where you guys joked yeah, about yeah, it, where I mean, it was like I... he's still on the boat for this chapter, you know. Yeah, I'd, and I don't know what happens when he's on the boat because they, they the CGI series they did two seasons of it in like 2016 yeah. and 2017. Yeah, and then they um, they were like really negatively received, and I was surprised it even got a second season of it because people did not like the way the CGI looked. I mean, what do you think of the CGI? I mean, so what I've seen in the first two episodes of the, of the 2016 series is that. It's like partly C- it's mostly CGI, but then they do some like tri- like it's not CGI cell animated, but it's like um, digitalized animation. But, but they they did they did that they did that with like the backstory. So there'd be like a scene where with the flashbacks, the flashbacks with like you know like guts is thinking about like Griffith helping guts out of like a pile of bodies after a battle or something, and they have like a bit right. of like bro bro talk dialogue. Like that's all like computer like. Sell it, like you know animation or whatever, and then it gets into the CGI stuff. My personal thing is the CGI stuff doesn't bother me, and I think it's the fact that when okay. the show was coming out on TV, it looked abysmal. So then, when you have that time to when the show ends, you're about to put it out on DVD, you make all the corrections to it, like they did with Dragon Ball Super. Like how they like the there was gifs and memes of like how ugly or fugly looking um, Goku was, like what when he was battling Beerus for the first time. And we all saw those, like, you know, screen caps or, like, the, the snippets of the in-between animations. And they did the same thing with, like, I remember, what was it? One of the jokes on Twitter was, um, <laughs> and they had a gif of it. And I was like, oh, look, that's a new season of Donkey Kong Country. And I remember falling out of my seat laughing. I thought that was funny. Because it just looks so jarring on how, like, somebody was laughing or cackling. And it just looks so bad. And then, yeah, it was... So I haven't gotten to that scene yet, but like, based on yeah, what you're referring to the the Fox Kids Donkey Kong Country CGI series that looked so ugly with the old the '90s CGI. one, yeah, the one I was like, I, I talked about it a, few, a number of episodes ago where I downloaded it from my spleen, and I'm like, guys, this show's bad. Oh yeah, that's here a he comes, show, banana fine. slam. <laughs> the theme song's in yeah. my head. Oh, but um, yeah, that show. Um... I mean, it, the thing is, when people get angry about this animation issue, it's almost always something that you're not going to notice if you're a normal human being. Because people like to do a freeze frame on every screen and, like, try to find little errors to nitpick. Yeah. And uh, this is what they did with Super. I mean, I was watching those episodes as they were airing in Japan. Um, yeah. And basically, they they don't look that bad if you're not like looking for them to look bad 
because a lot of those screens that where Goku's face looked malformed or whatever, uh, that was because people were singling out in between animations that are specifically there to make it fluid and make the faces bend as they get punched and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so you can find stuff like that and say, look at how terrible this is. And you can do that even in some of the most fluid animation, like in um, Naruto Shippuden, there's a battle between uh, Naruto and Pain that's like a, a huge you know, battle with one of the main Akatsuki villains. And people, they went through and they found like all these scenes where they like malformed and they were like, look at this Looney Tunes physics. We don't need this in a, an action anime. But actually <laughs> that was one of the most fluidly animated scenes in the entire series. Yeah, because they and cut they down just, on the quality of it in order to animate it better. That's what they do. Yeah, and they just made it so that they they moved more and they, they were more exaggerated and squish and, and uh, stretch and all that kind of stuff. And so people, they love to get stuff out of context and then say, oh, look how terrible this is. Another thing that they always would pillory was um, the Sailor Moon Crystal. I remember that Cloud... Oh, I remember that, yeah. ...from anti-Twitter of people saying, look how terrible this looked. But really, it was was not really any worse animation than Toei did on the 90s show. I mean, there, there were errors and stuff, and there are individual frames you can find. But I, I, like... I think, I think the uh, the joke that Joe uh, Rathcole made on an episode of Anime World Order was like, if Toei, if you left it up to Toei to save the world by animating something perfectly, we would all be screwed because they cut corners any way they can to make it at least feasible. Like that Dragon Ball Broly movie, like there were scenes where that looked really good. And then there were scenes where it did not look very good. And uh-huh. But the th- in order for it, like, it was just like the fact that it would be the same kind of pacing where it was fluid animation, but then, like, part of it looked really, really good. And the other part was like, all right, we let, like, this certain, like, you know, cheapy studio take over that weekend to animate it for us. And it, like, showed. And it was just, and you're just like, oh. But then it got back, but it didn't focus on it for too long. Because then it got back to, like, a still shot of them talking that looked fine. So, right. it's stuff uh, like uh, that. that. That That is true. I mean, totally, sometimes their animation does get bad. I don't, I don't know yeah. if they're going to deny it, but, <laughs> like, but, but, yeah, I mean, they did correct it so that by the time Super aired on TV, it it, it did look better. But a, a lot of them were, like, they'd zoom in on Goku's face when he was in the background or something. And, and, and it really, you know, the memes make it look worse than it actually is if you're just watching it. Um, but I mean, with Berserk, I mean, it is kind of like, uh, I guess it's just an issue of the the major change in style from like the '90s animation, which really is uh, pretty beautiful. I think the uh, style and, of like hand yeah. drawing it kind of reminds you of like Frank Rosetta Conan uh, yes, covers it, and that kind of thing. And, and like, because I got these like high def rips of the '97 series, and that looked really good. And I'm, I guess they're off like the Blu-rays or in Japan, maybe or like really crisp DVD rips or something of the show. But, like, I, I liked how, like, yeah. crisp it looked. It was nice. And, like, with the CGI series, like, I, I don't mind how it looks, to be honest, because I guess I'm just still really engrossed in the story. Um, and I don't know if, if you want to uh, go yeah, over... That's another thing. If, you, if you're into the story, you can kind of overlook the animation. Uh, that's why I overlook a lot of it, yeah. Um, and people who've already read the manga... They can be the worst when it comes to anime because 
they're looking for like a perfect adaptation where they don't make any changes. They'll, they'll ne- it it'll never, like the, it'll never happen. Oh it's like the same reason book nerds go to see a movie of a book being adapted. They come out of the theater pissed off. Well, they left this entire section out. And that was this the discussions and arguments I had with my ex where it was like, she was a big book nerd. So she's like, well, they left this whole blah, blah, blah out of the book. And I said, look, you're given 90 minutes to take what's in that one book and put it on screen. You cannot fit everything in there. Otherwise, it'd be an eight-hour movie. And right. she just got pissed at me. I said, no, cause that's what's called the director's cut. If they even bought... They, they take out the parts of the film that add to the story the most, and everything else is secondary to that, that's not going to look good on the cinema, on the screen. And that's how you... That's how these... Adapt, like, I don't... I understand that completely. Or it's just like... Otherwise, you're going to get like, uh, you know, like Avengers um, Infinity or Endgame where it's three and a half hours long or some crap. You're going to get Zack Snyder's yeah. Justice League. As great as that movie is, is it is too darn long. Yeah. I mean, they, they did start to do more and more of that stuff. But I mean, if you look at like the Harry Potter movies, that was where this was probably the biggest, uh, you know, complaining fan base because they would always be. Uh, well, I've never gotten you know, a Harry Potter. books. Yeah. And as, as the books got longer and longer over time, you know, yeah. it, like book, by book four, it's like as long as book one and two put together and, and then some. And so the, the movies are all still two out. hours long. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> right. They had to cut more stuff out and people complained about it so much that with the last book, they actually made it into two movies. But uh, the that's is, true. Those, those two movies are not very uh, exciting because they really drag because they include much more stuff, but it's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be included. And it would have been a better paced movie if they just made one movie like they did with all the other ones. But they had to like appeal to the fans who kept complaining. You left this out, you left that out, so you get this. Which like, is why it's the worst drama. movie ever made, right? <laughs> Harry Potter like camping in the woods where nothing happens, and it's like, yeah, you don't need this. You yeah, this, that's this appealing to a fan like... base. That's why I'm like, part of me is just like, don't ever listen to your fans. Do whatever you want to it. Mm-hmm. It's like I understand where the fans are coming from, but they only see sure. it through one perspective, and they don't see it from the entire perspective that other people that have never read these books are going to watch this movie. And it's a nice way to adapt the best parts of that book to make the movie as entertaining as possible, in order to for it to sell and make money in the theaters so they make more movies later. And it's just like yeah. you know, if you if you complain about the films, then don't watch them. Just stick to the books. Have your own fantasy of how things look, because the movies will never meet your expectations. So then, why bother going yeah. to the movies? Yeah, I mean, you have your perfect version that's uh, totally as they would call it canon. Yes. Um, you know, you can have that in your head and your head canon, and it'll stay like with you until version. the day you die. <laughs> right. And they can't take that away from you. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to say, oh, this raped my childhood. Woohoo, they changed this, they changed that. Um, now, in this case, maybe they did screw up by leaving this stuff out, but I haven't read the early volumes. I mean, maybe it's kind of amateurish compared to the later stuff, and they just wanted to skip over it. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's great. Who knows? I, I hope to read the manga at some point and find out for myself. But Wait, are we talking about know, Harry just... Potter or Berserk now? I'm confused. No, no, I switched back to Berserk. <laughs> okay, uh, because, you gave no because warning, because we've been on a Harry Potter for five minutes. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> Okay, now I'm up to speed. Like you're almost as bad as my mom sometimes. Okay, anyways. No, I, I just went on the digression of Harry Potter because that's just another case of yeah, people. I, I, I get I get that part and then you're like, Yeah, the manga. I'm like, wait, when do they make a Harry Potter manga? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they did. I mean, they I'm did, like, surprised. Yeah, I mean, it could it could still happen. Stuff. It could still happen. Yeah. Maybe maybe it will. Probably Rolling doesn't want to license it out to people or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Do you uh, want to talk so, about the story? Yeah, yeah. We'll just uh, we'll just go straight to the Golden Age arc because neither of us have read the Black Sportsman arc. No, um, I, I've never read a page of this manga. There's and apparently online. Amazon, right stuff, everything. It's sold out everywhere. It didn't take but like two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not yeah. surprised because like the day after, like the, it was announced, the day later, I'm like, well, you can still get the manga. They should have a good selection. And then by like Saturday, I'm just like, dang, I'm sheep. Oh, never, I'm going to get into Berserk. It. It's my favorite series ever, even though I never read it before. And I just wait till the creator days and really check it out. <laughs> And I'm just going to wait until, like, I'm like, I'm just going to second and Charles or, like, Barnes and Noble and pick up Berserk there. They're probably still going to have, like, hardback issues, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll wait. It's not that I'm big sure of a deal. So. A million people that are buying it now that are, like, going to make YouTube videos about how it's the greatest thing ever and bandwagon jump on it. And, uh, bandwagon, I can't. We're doing the, here. This is just a coincidence that you happen to have seen it right before yes. you died. I yes, I saw it before I the news broke that the creator died. He died the day I watched it. Shut up everyone who's jumping on the bandwagon. Those wheels need to fall off and burn to a crisp and your cart needs to burn as well. Damn right there. Anyways. <laughs> so Um Yeah. <laughs> still got it in me my 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 viper, my viciousness. Um against fan like fake fan people. Um Anyways, but like if people, if, people the wrong way with this podcast. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I need to be not considerate of other people's feelings on that. But I will give it this: if 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 someone's getting into Berserk because of this and they enjoy it, then who am I to say to make any judgment call? So, and I'm not in superior in any way of because that that and how I saw it is is the way I happened to see it, and that's the way fate made it to be, a dark fate that is. But it's just oh. kind of really ironic too. It's it's just interesting and really eerie and bizarre. But I honor and respect yeah. that. So I can't. I mean, I think it yeah. correlates well with the, with, the, with the way the series actually goes. I mean, it's yeah. called the Golden Age arc because it is in many ways beautiful, even though it's very violent. I mean, uh, you have it, it's the beautiful kind know, of violent <laughs> medieval uh, theme to it where. It, it, it is sort of romantic in a way, even though people are getting chopped in half and everything. But it yeah. it does deal with friendship and love and everything. And so it's not as if it's uh, just achieving totally your goals to rule the world because it's your dream and having sex yes. with old men in order to have fulfill fulfill that dream, where you later kill them on the battlefield. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, Griffith is like, yeah, I, I mean, will sleep with every old man ever in order to fulfill my dream. And I'm like, well, it, it, I mean, whores have got to work their way up some in some way, so. Griffith, he's an interesting character. I mean, yeah. it, when when you watch it first, like the, the 90s anime, you don't really know what to make of him exactly because, I mean, he does have a, a friendship with the main character, which is Guts. Uh-huh. And like um, he gives guts his life meaning, I guess you could say, because 
initially Gux is portrayed as like this sort of um, loner, lonely warrior yeah. who's traveling the countryside, mercenary fighting. And um, you show, you see that he has this uh, rough childhood, and uh, then uh, Griffith gives him a, a friend, a sense of belonging, and the band and of a the purpose. Awe. And then he, uh, you know, and he uh, becomes like a somebody because he uh, aligns himself with Griffith after losing a battle to him and, and essentially being forced to be his slave. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he fights for him, and then they uh, they work themselves up to the point where Griffith becomes a noble. And um, and they you know they fight demons in the cave. This character Zod that uh, yeah, yeah. comes back later on, and, um, and he gives this prophecy like dark things will happen to you. Your fate well, is so. Ominous. The prophecy was that if once that like as Griffith had the the egg thing or, or the face egg thing or whatever, and it was like Zod knew what it was, and he warned him. He's like the minute your your friend here loses his hope or ambition. Then like you're basically your your fate is sealed or like that'll be the death of you or something because they because like when we watched the compilation films of this like I was able to like because I totally forgot about that scene there and then and then like once I saw we when we watched when we watched the um the the films and they brought that up yeah. I was like now everything's connecting as to why the things happened the way they did. And so, yeah, like, yeah, I was glad to see those again because I, I mean, I hadn't seen the films before because I had just seen yeah. the series and I was like, I yeah. don't want to watch this again. Uh, but I'm going to try to make you watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you made uh, me watch the CGI. Well, the, it, the CGI. I mean, not the CGI movies, but like the films. Like you, I mean, can, they are CGI. Yeah, okay, yeah, they are. Um, but it's the fact that they they tell the story differently. They'll add in some things and then also take away some, some things. Like, so the yeah. TV series has more has more time and more breathability to talk about like Gus's backstory and a little bit of Griff, Griffith um mm-hmm. on that and that notion as like the main things and there's some other stuff too well no one of the other things was like the big uh desert castle which is like this castle that can ne- has never been taken by anybody and Griffith's like yeah we got this and they did and the fact that, that in, the, cool in the series. yeah so in the middle of the battle guts's uh broadsword breaks and his battle with like the main knight of that castle and then zod throws him his giant sword to him in the battlefield cuz zod is like up on a mountain or something he's overseeing all this so then zod is able to assist like guts into the battle with his sword and then you never see the sword again but and in the movies they they left him out completely, but they've only brought him back to fight against the Skull Knight, which the Skull Knight was not mentioned ever in the ninety seven series. So that's like they wrote that that off too. Yeah, yeah, there are differences, and the Skull Knight is probably the biggest one. But also, yeah, it's kind of like who who is really Zod? What does he want? This is one of these mysteries that we'll probably never know because the author's dead. Yeah, but basically, he's there and he's giving him advice, and he's throwing the sword at him. And then at one point he's there outside the eclipse, and he's talking to the l- little guy whose name I've forgotten. The oh, the blonde-headed kid. Yeah. Well, so in the TV series, another thing they did was that in the TV series, like before, like the little kid met up with them, like his, uh, like they had like their camp, and demons were attacking all the people there, and. It was just, and he was the only survivor. So then he goes to the rendezvous point by himself. I, I think he was part of the raider group that was um, attacking or like defending uh, 
when they were getting Griffith out of the, uh, the the torture chamber or whatever in the castle area. Um, and I think he stayed with that group, and that group is the one that got devoured by all the demons and stuff that came out of nowhere. Yeah, that, that was like the first sign of the eclipse, I remember, because they right. had him with those other guys, and then you see these freaky-looking demons, and they're like eating all the others, and he escapes. But in yeah. this one, instead, he's outside the eclipse zone, and then Zod is there, and, and he's like talking to him, or maybe uh, maybe the Skull Knight is talking to him, and, the, and they ask, like, are you here to guard the eclipse or something? And he's like, yeah, I'm not with these other demons, and they're like uh, hedonistic degeneracy. They're just doing their thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm here just to observe or something like that. And, it's, and then he fights the Skull Knight for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. the Skull Knight just goes in and saves um, Guts uh, from the Eclipse and saves Costco. Well, he too. breaks the Eclipse going in there. They rescue Guts and Casca, yeah. and then rides out of there. Like that—that that was the scene. That if they went one more episode or two more episodes into the original series, we would have we would have seen that. Yeah, I mean, from the point where the series ends uh, to the point where uh, he escapes, and then um, you know, it's only it's only a few minutes of the of the film, and then after that, then they have like ten minutes or so where it's like uh, what the world looks like now, and how there's demons everywhere at night, and um, yeah, the situation with. Um, Costco, uh, her brain being destroyed by being raped by Griffith. And well, so yeah, it's so like she didn't gets necessarily need to be in the series. Yeah, they, so they just needed to include guts getting out, but they didn't because they didn't have skull knights. So, so like what we saw of Costco, like everything going down in the eclipse with a hand and like the big naked chick or whatever, and uh, was the fact that like her last like words of any kind of like humanity was like, "Don't look at me, Gus, as I'm getting raped." And that was the last sincere thing because, and then the next time Guts sees her, she's just like out of her mind, has total PTSD, and doesn't know who Guts is, and is just afraid and just has a meltdown in the cave. And he got the little right. girl that's coddling her and, and like saying everything's okay, patting her head, and she's like a child. And Guts doesn't know yeah. how to respond because he's been out of it for four days. And you're just like, whoa. And then, like, the fact that, like, you know, in the manga with the naked kid, that's, like, supposedly the child that that, that her and Guts were going to have if Griffith didn't rape her. Because apparently his demon dick was so strong that it caused an abortion or something. Or a miscarriage. Or whatever the heck. I was like, damn. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, she, she was, like, traumatized by the incident. And so she... She miscarried the baby, but then it's like Ghost is like haunting them, and it appears throughout the CGI series. It's okay, okay. Let's see, I haven't, I haven't got to that point, so don't, don't spoil it for me. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you seem to have already known that. <laughs> well, I mean, based but, on uh, the um, so like there was a recent episode of Anime World Order where they had a link to, it's like the Skull Knight. Like Skull Knight is basically like a website dedicated to Berserk fandom, and they have a Berserk podcast, so they're like a dedicated podcast to everything Berserk, and there's been this fan forum for Berserk for 20 years. And so then they had someone did a post, because it looks like a site that I can do some heavy dicking on already based on, like, three or four, like, forum clips and, like, clicks. And I'm like, okay, this goes... This will require me to research it like I did with Evangelion in my high school days. I don't have time for this. Um, But it's the fact that, like, they had, like, this thing where it's like, you know, here's a conclusion of where we're at in the series... You know, like, oh, you know, it's sad that we don't know if Casca is ever going to get over her PTSD. And, you know, here's the kid that that, 
that okay. she did get it back, like her memories tend okay. to okay. or something. Okay, so that's but, good. Yeah, so they do resolve that at least. Uh, yeah. But I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that's not resolved. And yeah, I'm just going to have to read it and find out for myself. Yeah, it was like I one of those was like, yeah. we don't know the, the Skull Knight's true, like, purpose and helping Griffith out or whatever. It's just kind of really interesting. Like, these are dedicated fans, and I was just like, I had no idea there was, like, this dedicated level of fans to Berserk, but now that I know that. And I'm and part of me, it was just like, on a forum I'm, I'm part of, um, Old School Otaku, I did, like, a, a thread, you know, like, saying R.I.P., you know, uh, Miura, and I'm just like, guys, I, I am, I feel so unqualified to come up to say a post to, you know, uh, that, you know, of his passing on here, and like, let me, let me read out what I wrote, actually, because, um, because I, I, I'm just thinking about, like, I am not f- worthy to be, like, the one to, like, post up a, po- like, a, uh, you know, a thread about M- Mura. So, like, I just said, like, uh-huh. hey, you know, this death really kind of bugs me, and the thing is, I just started watching the 97 series the day he died, um, enjoying it, blah, blah, blah. Um, right. You know, and I was saying, like, I didn't even know he was dead this whole time. And so I plan on finishing up what the, you know, what's animated next in the golden arc movies and CGI series. Um, and, and I, mean, I said, this is how I felt when I was watching the, uh, rogue one movie and, and Carrie Fisher had just died. It was just like a weird. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. So here, here's what I was getting to. Like the joke on the series that we wondered if it would ever get a conclusive end, and now we'll never get that. I can't fathom what true Berserk fans are going through right now since I just got started in the series. I figured I'd put this thread on here regardless, R.P. Mira. So, like, yeah, for me it's just like, I am not, like, I'm not even a Berserk fan, and here I am making this thread. It's just like, I, just first impressions, I am very impressed by this series. And I want to continue just watching, like, what's there. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to even come up with a thread because I'm not a fan of the show. But, like, it still needs to be done. Like, I, I totally feel for these people that have been keeping up with this series since the very beginning. Because it has been Dark Horse's, like, golden calf since they first put it out, like, in the 90s. Because apparently any, yeah. any, any like, Dark Horse panel at a con with Carl Horn or whatever, it's like, yep... Uh, Berserk is still our number one best-selling manga ever, by far. We're still doing good, constantly selling Berserk, the manga, all the time. I mean, that was kind of how I felt when I posted the, um, this on the Adult Swim Discord, I posted the news about him dying, because uh, those guys don't really watch that much anime anymore or anything, but I know that those guys were on, like, you know, Toon Zone in the early 2000s, and yeah. like, the Berserk is, like, the one series that they all kept up with. Uh, you know, yeah. mostly they're supposed to be wrestling, and they aren't. But now, but uh, you know, it's like something that has kept people's attention for so many years. And um, even if it's on the back and, of our yeah, minds, they were all like, "Well, who's going to change it now? I mean, who's going to finish it now?" I mean, the answer is nobody. That's no, what they were asking. I, and the thing is, it would be so messed up if they tried. If somebody was like, "Well, I think I know how this is going to end," it's like, "No, just don't. Just let it go. Let it go at forty bo- at forty volumes and." We can come up with all our fan theories, and we can make books about it, and research the heck out of it, and what our thoughts are, where we predict that Mira was going to go with it, but we really never will know a true ending because it died with the creator, mm-hmm. and that is just sombering to say that. But I make I think that's the right term. But 
and it's just one of those things. And it's like, you know, this ought to be a wake up call for these manga artists in Japan. It's just like, I better finish up my show like immediately or I'm going to be next. Like, you, do you realize how devastating it would be if Oda passes and never finishing One Piece? The world, yeah. Japan, may sink into the ocean because of that. They wouldn't know uh-huh. what to do with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are still people who are, who are big fans of that. Um, and it's at over a thousand chapters now. Uh, I was posting on the chat, like, well, how long do you guys think this Wano arc has to go? Because uh, they've been in this land of samurai for so long now. They're on Act 3. This arc's been going on for years. And then they're like... Um, the, 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 Josh is like, it's going to be a five-word play. And I was thinking, like, well, they must be almost over, right? Like, Luffy's fighting the four emperors. But no, I mean, this arc alone is going to go on for years. And then he's like, oh, and then they're going to have to go to the land of giants and fight in Elbath. And then they're going to have to find the remaining Ponoglyphs and discover One Piece. And it, it's going to be so many years. He was saying, like, 2027 is his guess. And it's like... Let, let's just, let, let's play it on the safe side and say 2035. <laughs> let's get some buffer right. leeway there. I mean, really. Right. And, and the thing is, you never know if they end their golden cow, whether their next series is even going to be a success. Because uh, you do have the situation where um, Masashi Kishimoto, who created Naruto, ended his series at uh, Chapter 700. And then when he... Um, and, and Naruto has been successful, obviously. But when, yeah. he, when he tried to do his own new series, he, he did something called Samurai 8, and it was just a total flop. It didn't even last a year. It was five volumes. And I finally read it recently, and it's, it's not very good. I mean, I think he got too into the idea of, like, I'm going to create a whole world here and come up with all these rules. And the problem is it feels like Hunter Hunter, where it's just this endless explanation of the rules, and there's barely any action. And you have to hear on and on about, you know, like on Hunter Hunter, they go on about, here's what Ren means, here's what Zen means, here's what Ten means. In, in that, uh, I'm here to watch and shown and show, not go back to school. It, it's Saturday morning. I just got done with this crap for five days straight. Let's let's see some fighting. Come on, guys. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like a battle manga without enough battles. And that's well, what was it? They problem. they added the stupid thing where like what was it? That one guy's like special technique is numbers and counting, and Gon's oh brain God. fries. Like yeah, adding decimals guys. and percentages and crap like. No, no one cares. His power was a, a monetized interest or something like that, and it was like, like it was just like a home mortgage power or something. And it's just like home insane, mortgage power. Ridiculous. I I put J P Morgan in defense mode. Right. <laughs> it's just a total joke. But anyway, that yeah, it's that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, with Berserk, uh, I mean, if he had ended it early and tried to do some other series, he probably would have never been as successful. It's yeah. rare that lightning strikes twice. I mean, we were talking in the chat earlier about long-running mangaka, and uh, the point I made was that there's really no one who can talk Rumiko Takahashi. I mean, this woman is a workaholic. She's been doing a weekly series uh, non-stop since 1978 when it's she started the fact, uh, It's the fact that every series she has done has basically been a hit. From Yurusei Yatsura to Fire Tripper and um, um, Well, that's just like a one-shot. Ranma is the other one. And then you've got Inuyasha. Hey. 
Uh, Renee. Renee. I, I see. I don't know how successful Renee is, but it's. I guess it's doing well enough. It's well enough. It, it lasted. It lasted eight years and had three uh, anime series, so it it did well. Okay, that, that's that's still not bad for. I mean, that's but like that's you know, like a side dessert for like the main course that Takahashi has done. But like Urusei yeah, Yatsura I mean, well, and Ranma are like her two biggest things, and then yeah, Inuyasha's right there. Urusei Yatsura and Ranma they were for like nine years each, and um, Mason Okoku was like eight years. Oh yeah, that's the other one. Years. Yeah. Yeah, Mason Okoku, she ran that at the same time she was running Urusei Yatsura. She was doing two weekly series at once. And they're both huge successes. I mean, that's an incredible feat. And there's very few people who can do that. All and the while at home, taking care of the kids, baking dinner for her. I don't know. She's a girl like that is like single as, as hell. And there's that her baby, her children are her two series. And I mean, the thing is, she the art is very simple. So oh, sure, but yeah, but like it's you know, got like cartoony style. Yeah, but with Miura, it was incredibly detailed. Like. Imagine just like I mean, because imagine like you know you you do all the this like the storytelling and you know the outline sketches and then you spend like the last eighty percent of it just detailing the heck out of it. Like it, it's basically a Frank Frazetta if he did a manga for thirty years. Exactly. It, it's astounding. Yeah, I mean when you watch the the flips happen, you're just blown away by the amount of detail to the horror that's happening. The mm-hmm. amount of monsters there, and the, all the crazy stuff that's going on, and like as soon as the sky starts to change color, you get this like chill. It's like, oh man, it's happening, and you know, it's it's really an amazing thing. And I think it was very influential. I mean, there's an OVA series called Bastard that we need to watch. I have I, heard I, of I that for that. a long time. Yeah, I know of ba- I know of Bastard. The the main character looks just like guts, and I think it's going to be this same kind of. Uh, dark fantasy type of thing and it's only six episodes of 30 minutes each so oh. I think we should we should watch that when you're done with the CGI series and we can do like a review on that you know but, what I'm not to get ahead of myself but since we're talking about fantasy anime and mm-hmm. I believe I, I don't know if I've said this years ago and I probably did but I had an idea of doing a fantasy anime like theme for a podcast and then we would have to talk about Record of Lotus War because that is near and dear to my heart Oh sure, I mean I've seen the OVAs. Um, I've seen the OVAs, I, dude. Amazon had recently a recently. I bought the Blu-ray. Okay. On uh, DVD. Uh, on I let me let me tell you let me tell you about Record Lotus War real quick. I've got two versions of it on Blu-ray. I've got two versions of it on DVD. And oh, really? Yes, and then I've, no three versions of it. I've got the whole TV series, the the Chronicles of Rogue Nine on DVD that I have not watched and I've had that for 10 years and I think I've got a VHS tape of it and then I've also got this anime cassette that I got from uh, Taco Joe's that apparently is sadly broken I think it's one of those audio dramas but yeah so I've got a lot of Lotus War I I had a I think I had like three three copies of Lotus War at one point then I maybe sold one of them off and then I was like okay I have a spare one in case someone wants to borrow it but then like you know Amazon was like oh own the whole like you know, Chronicles of Rogue Light Night and the OVAs for, oh, we have it on clearance for 20 bucks, and I'm like, I might as well just get it again. <laughs> so I got my box uh-huh. set that, like, when it first came out for Funimation, I was like the Slim Pack thing, and I was like, I right, fine, give it to me, I don't care. 
It's like I'll just I'll just have another yeah, copy of a, it. They had a sale on like Funimation stuff like a month or two ago, and I uh, that was when I bought Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star on Blu-ray, and then I was like, okay, well I'm gonna get like one more thing. I'll get Lodos War. And, yeah, because I I watched the OVA series, and uh, I think around the same time I watched Berserk, I had been renting them at the Paradise Video. And I actually ended up watching like all thirteen episodes in a row because I was so into it, which I rarely watched that many episodes. In a yeah, row, I, I, I remember renting it, and from I think I either I found that files, I downloaded the files that were the dubs offline, like in the early two thousands, and then I no, I rented the DVD, like the the old collection from CPM, and see, my collection is signed by like Masao Moriyama, it's this, it's signed by the voice actress of Deedlit, uh, Lisa Ortiz. So like I'm, and then I think it's one of the person that signed that thing. So like that DVD collection thing is near and dear to me. I'll never get, I can't get rid of it. Um, but yeah, like that's how I saw it back in like high school, and I was like, I think I saw like maybe ninth or tenth grade, and I'm like, man, this is way better than Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings sucks. Lord of War is amazing, and I need, I like to rewatch it again because it's been close to twenty years since I've seen it. I think it's time yeah. for a good rewatch because I've always been like touting how great it is, and mm-hmm. you know, in high school it's amazing. But maybe as I grown up, it's like I'm probably gonna enjoy it. And then I made like you know the one AMV to it that was on YouTube at one point before it got taken down. This was in the early days, so. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I was gonna get back to where it was. I started before I went off on the the Zod digression. Um. The Golden Age concept. Uh, okay. So uh, basically, yeah, they they show him and Griffith. Uh, they become friends and everything, and um, Griffith works his way up to being a noble. And then uh, I think this kind of culminates um, when um, they have this ball and um, they're dancing, and uh, this really gets prolonged in the uh, the movie. But I think that the way they did it, it was just designed to be this sort of euphoric thing where the camera sort of spins around with them. Mm-hmm. And um, you get this sense of like dizziness, of euphoria almost, where you can sense that this is the best time that they're going to have him and Co- Guts and Costca, and and then after that, you start to see the descent uh, because then they they happen to find their way outside because they can't handle the paparazzi and the new lifestyle, and then they they see Guts, uh, not Guts, they see Griffith talking to the princess, and she and he talks about how. Uh, you have to have your own goals, and you have to be your own man. Right. And you're not a true equal unless you are your own individual. And if you're a subordinate, you'll never really be an equal. You'll, you'll never. So it's these, basically you'll never matter an, um, enough to me. I will not look at you as an equal because you're under me. If you're doing your own thing, I will look at you as an equal, and you're following your own destiny. And that because this that was after. Guts assassinated that noble guy that tried to get him killed, and which in turn he assassinated the. Um, in the TV series, I thought it was the king's son, but it, and then in the movies, I said it was the, it was that noble nobleman's son, because he saw him and then Guts just reacted where he just stabs him right in the lung, and then he fights like three hundred guards on his way out and uh, you know escapes. But like even how they do that, like from the movies, he jumps off a bridge into a moat, and then in the series, he has to hide in the sewers to escape. And him and Casca go to Griffith, and then, yeah, Griffith is at the water fountain, and he has that speech. And, like, and it finally hits, like, you know, guts, where it's like, 
I don't matter. I feel like I don't matter to him unless I do my own thing and I get I get away from him, and I follow my own path, and that's kind of the tumbling effect that led down to where we're at. Right, and um, it's kind of cruel for Griffith to say this, I guess, because Guts has been so loyal to him. Yeah, but it's clear that Griffith has this sort of Nietzschean will to power, and he, he just has contempt for, I guess, Guts for being, you know. Uh, having a slave morality and being someone who's just going to do what he's told after he was initially so independent. Uh, he wanted to break him and bend him to his will yeah. and have it be that way forever. And when Guts realized that was what he was doing, he became, uh, you know, unwilling to allow this to continue. And so yeah, he Yeah, I, I think complacent it might be the right word. Right. And and then what, what happens next is... Um, Griffith is just um, devastated by this because he tries to stop Guts from leaving, but Guts destroys his um, his sword and that, know, and that sword, duel. And then he, then he falls to the ground, and then he has to go and rape the princess because he's feeling now, so upset. Now hold, hold, now hold up. This is where like this is where I was just like I'm watching the show, and you know, basically there's a time skip with. Um, with guts and again, like leaving the band of the hawk or whatever, and Griffith getting getting arrested, and Costco blames him for everything. And I'm like, hold up! And I'm in my mind, I'm like, woman, I did not tell him to go bang the princess because he was depressed. I did not tell him to do that crap. That was Griffith's own decision. Because and, and for Griffith, he was like, that's the easiest piece of ass I can get with to like help with my depression because my homeboy left me. But like, and she tries to throw everything on him, but and then like Griffith understands like the reality of like how much like he actually held the the group band of the hawk together. But at the same time, it's like I don't think it was entirely selfish because he wanted to find a better destiny and purpose. Like, and he he wouldn't get that if he was still with the band of the hawk, and it wouldn't be his own dream. And he wanted to find that on his own. But even though with him leaving, like in the series, the TV series, like he's with some like metal, like a um, swordsmith or whatever, like out in the middle of the woods or something. So he doesn't really. He, yeah, he's on his own, but he doesn't really. He's not accomplishing anything. He's just kind of wandering about, and it's been like a year. And so, like in that time, like you know, with Griffith getting arrested because you know he banged the princess, um, he's basically been tortured to like, and he's like lame because they slit the tendons in his wrist and his legs, cut his tongue out. Where he's basically just a hu- a husk of flesh waiting to die and asking for death, in like the lowest of the lowest caves, and um in that dungeon in the in the kingdom area. Uh, did I lose you? Uh, yeah, that is that is what happens, and um and then when they finally come to rescue him after um Pasca finds guts, um you know they they're just blown away by how pathetic he's become. And how much he's uh, withered away in the dungeon, and how his tongue has been removed. Yeah, and his muscles can't move, and everything. He's so atrophied. And then um, they, but they do, they do rescue him, and um, because he was their, um, he was their savior. Still, he's like, if we have him, we can still reunite the band, you know, the band of the hawk again. But then it's like, he, he's he's a worthless, he's worthless to them. He can't do anything. He can't even speak. He can't even give orders. And, you know, Griffith realizes this, where he's just like, I'm better off just withering it away. I, I remember it was interesting, like, in the in the show where, you know, like, the, the torturer guy is just like, oh, this, you know, this is a double 
reinforced like you know door you can't escape from here and guts is like oh like the hell i can and just stabs the door and this blood goes right through the the torturer and then the torturer falls down to his death and it was interesting how they like it was two different designs for the torturer um from the tv series and the movie because in the movie it's like some fat little like disgusting looking dude that like basically has griffith's tongue on a necklace and starts tonguing the tongue to mock them and I was like, oh, that might have been the grossest part of that whole movie. <laughs> uh. Yeah, they really make him uh, disgusting, I guess. It's so how awful it is what he did to Griffith. Yeah. Uh, so then Griffith, once they rescue him, he's, he's still sort of like, I mean, he, he's obviously been psychologically damaged by the whole process. And he's like, he tries to rape Casca, and then when she rejects him because she's now developed feelings for Guts mm-hmm. instead, uh, because Guts has proved himself to be, I guess, more virile and masculine than Griffith at this point, um, when he rescues her and saves her uh, time and time again when she falls off cliffs and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, he he's, feels, you know, like he, there isn't worth living, and so he, he takes off uh, with, the, with the carriage after he hears... Casca and Guts talking about how um, they heard him at the castle talking about how Guts has to pursue his own path and um, you know she's telling uh, Guts like you can't just be a slave to, to Griffith's ambitions mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. you have to be your own man and so when when Guts goes off and you know he's well he's considering like leaving the band of the hawk even though they all want him to stay and be their new leader yeah. and Griffith is just humiliated by the whole experience and so he takes off he somehow gets control of the horses despite being like crippled. Well, he and, he's uh, he's he's raining he's raining the 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 reins in his mouth. Like he's got like the strap in his mouth to control the horses. Like he's that determined without a tongue or anything. I mean, you don't really need a tongue. He just, he's got his teeth though. Right, but uh, like he's just got like you know by the skin of his teeth or whatever. He's he's going uh, you know, and then he. He falls out of the carriage and he's like trying to slit his neck on a rock. Well, his arm, his arm is broken. And he's just like, man, I just don't even care anymore. And then he tries to off himself on, on through like stabbing a, a piece of wood through his neck, and he can't even kill himself right. And then that's when we get to the uh, the demonic egg that fell out of his off his neck, and the and the it's, and it's been in the water for like who knows how long within that year. And he takes possession of it. But I will bring up that one scene in the movie where the king comes down there to to interrogate him. And Griffith has the actual, like, audacity to basically be like, you're just mad because that girl that's the princess ain't your daughter, but she was going to be your future, uh, you know, F, you know, sex toy. And I got a hold of her first before you did. And that yeah, king... Did say that to the, prince, the king... Yeah, he's just like, no, nah, she's a fuck toy for you. She's she's your cum bucket in a few years, and I I did it f- before you did, so you know, screw you. <laughs> I mean, he, he that that probably is a part of why he was tortured so brutally. Uh, like the thing is, like the princess, in some sense, I mean, she does say no with the starch, but it's clear that she does enjoy it after like the mildest of resistance. Well, he starts holding his hand and saying, "Like, okay, keep going, keep going." Yeah, that, that's her submissiveness to him seconds. because she's she's like enamored or just taken by him and has been since they first met. 
Um, right. And, and especially and after so he clearly, saved her, her life and all that. So, like, she she wants it. She wants Griffin's right. D. <laughs> right. She, she, she was uh, enamored with him ever since he was blowing on the leaf. And and showing her, you know, his little music and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then and then when she saw him, uh, you know, almost assassinated, she grew even more empathetic for him. Right. And he's always tried to portray himself as the sensitive type who understands her and isn't like other men. And so she would have. I mean, if if Griffith had had a little more restraint, he could have really had it made. He could have been uh, married to the princess. And yeah. um, even though the nobles hated him, uh, you know, he he, he could have through force of will made his way through the the ranks but he 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 really pushed it a little bit too much and and even after that the princess is still very much um you know she she probably doesn't even think she was raped um so if, you, I, if someone doesn't think they were raped I, to me really raped. it was fully consensual was the way i looked at it and but I, I don't know but like at the same time like the nobles that were trying to assassinate him at least in the tv series like involving the queen and all that like they were they were taken out in like that fire and they took that out of this movie, but it's not really that irrelevant because it didn't really serve like any purpose to it or whatever. So, yeah, but um, basically, you have um, after um, after he's in prison, the princess is the one who um, helps them from the inside to rescue him. Right. Uh, so she is helping Guts and Costa down the stairs, saying, "Here's the dungeon," and she tells them all about the Skull Knight, and she's like very helpful. Yeah. And um, she clearly still loves Griffith. And so when she and Casca see him in the state he's in, uh, they're very um, traumatized by this. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the start of Casca's trauma, which leads to, you know, even even worse as, as Griffith tries to rape her and then eventually does, you know, rape her during the eclipse. And then she's, yeah. you know, um, totally um, brain damaged after that point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the princess, um, it's... An interesting character, I guess, because like, uh, you know, uh, one could say she's not the most feminist of characters or whatever, but uh, you know, she she does have like this affection for Griffith through through all of it, which is it kind of interesting because in a lot of anime they probably try to portray it like, well, Griffith just just raped her and she's now hating him or something, but they go in a different direction where that you know them making love, even though he's thinking of guts while he's doing it. Um, that makes her, yeah. uh, you know, love him even more and want to rescue him. I don't know if she still has some concept that her father could ever approve of them together, or if she just wants him to be free of the the torture and and be far away from them, or or what she her her like goals were for helping the escape. But she she's not really seen that during the eclipse or anything. She just helps them get out and then stays in the castle. And the thing is, like, I'm not even sure if Griffith ever goes back to the princess. So. But. No, because he he becomes like this dark lord during the eclipse. Yeah, and basically moves on, and he's like ruling the world now. He doesn't yeah. do this little uh, feudal politics anymore. I because like after like it's going to the sex scene of um, Griffith and the princess is the fact that like he did after he did it like he felt like great remorse and like just total guilt and shame for what he did, and because he was acting like basically just a. You know, he didn't think it through. He was just like, you know, he's like, you know, crap, you know, what have I done? I, I think I really screwed it up here. And he did. Because then he wound up getting find, found out. Like, if the, if the chambermaid didn't go by the door, then he, he I think eventually he would have been caught. But, like, he would have been caught much later. Uh, 
Because that girl had a snitch to the to the guards, and they waited for him to get out. And he's like, "Ha ha! Where do you think you where do you think you've been all night? You're going to jail for banging the princess." So, I I I don't really consider yeah. it. Yeah, like for me, it's like I don't consider it rape because it was like she she desired him, but his desire for her was just like I need a. You know, I'm I'm sad. I need a woman to comfort me, basically. And with her, it was like, oh, I I finally get the chance to be swooned and, you know, wooed by you know this man I've had my uh, my heart's desire on since the moment I laid my eyes on him. Right. I mean, it's kind of. Uh, I mean, you have different definitions of rape as time has gone on, where um, you know nowadays if you say no even once at the beginning, that would be considered rape legally i guess but at uh, the time i think probably more so the fact that it was out of wedlock would have been considered to be the rape aspect that's like the woman has not had a, the marriage that's, approved by her that's father that's and, that's yeah that that's a that's a way to consider it too um i i, I don't know like i guess for me like my my opinion definition of a rape is like if you're having sex it's like brutal crap out of like the Death Wish movies where the women are screaming the whole time and they're out of fear and not pleasure. And they didn't want any part of it. And you're like basically like the one that has to like beat them up to get them to submit or whatever. Like that to me is like straight up rape. I, I, that's my view of it. But it's like, you know, if, you know, if, if the woman wanted you and then she could just be like, well, I didn't like him. You know, now I don't like him. I could just say he raped me and, and I'll get my way. And so then it's like, you don't know the whole story behind that, but for me, it's like if they're both, like, what was it? There was that story at like, that co- that college campus in California where this guy was facing rape charges, but clearly on the security cameras in the bar, the girl that claimed he raped her, she was the one initiating the attraction and making out with him, and she was the aggressive one to get him into the the room because he's like, oh, awesome, you know, free piece of tail for the night. I can't complain with this. And then she's like, yeah, he raped me, and he's like, no, that is not what happened. Her body signals will not prove that. She wanted me. She wanted me that night. And yeah, so it, it, that's this kind of like, you know, the whole Me Too movement is just, I, I'm not saying that I don't, you know, these, you know, atrocities don't happen or whatever, but it's like the fact that it's like a, it's like a, it's like a get out of jail free card for, for being responsible for your own actions. Right, the aspect of adding alcohol to it, and, yeah, you know, it, that that's considered now to be a part of not consenting, as if you've had alcohol. But if both people have had alcohol, and they're at a place where it is known for hooking up, and then you use that as oh, oh, yeah, it's like you're in, like, no, you you're looking for an excuse to not to own up to your own stupid actions. That, that that's what it is. It's what it really is. But no one's gonna say that. That's why I say it on here. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to sound like I'm an expert on on rape victims, but I do know. I, I feel like I'm an expert on bullshit. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, I can't really think of anything else to add to Berserk, at least from what we watched. Um, I, I I'm really interested in, the, in getting into the manga like past the CGI series so I can keep keep going with it. If it's pretty much a straight up um, adaptation, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the most accurate adaptations. They do skip stuff, and so I'm, I'm going to have to check out the manga at some point okay. so I can get the whole story, but basically, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's worth seeing the, the anime just to get a, a sense of what happens later on, because it, it does change a lot. I mean, basically, the whole supporting cast gets killed during the eclipse, mm-hmm. or almost all of them, and so it changes very much where you have, now there's this little fairy character that's along with him. And then he gets very with other sidekicks, like the mage girl. And, and you can see these characters in the intros to the, to the movie. Um, and there's like a thief character and some others that, that, that join him. And so you'll, you'll get to see the whole new world that's developed after the eclipse. And it, it is interesting to see. So yeah, just go ahead yeah. and watch all that stuff. And I, I we'll mean, do the second part of the recording where we talk about that CGI series. Yeah, I'll, and wait till I get to know the CGI, we can definitely continue this conversation but like I knew about the fairy character when I played the the guts uh, rage game on the dreamcast because I mean like I'm playing I'm like I know nothing about like this series other than like it's a guy with a big sword and has cool stuff on him and he's pissed off so that, that that's kind of like what I knew of, of berserk when I bought that game years ago so <laughs> um so it'd be, it'd be interesting to go like you know, watch the CGI series. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to play the game and then just kind of enjoy it. Now I get the story now. Um, and speaking of games, um, yeah, apparently the PS4 game, Band of the Hawk, Berserk Band of the Hawk, is super expensive, at least in America. And uh, I believe the Berserk game for the Dreamcast is going is going up in value as well. That is no surprise. So... Um. You know what's interesting is I bought a uh, like a I don't think it's a knockoff Figma, but maybe it's just an extra one from China before the news broke that Miura died. <laughs> so that's that's on its way here from China. So I got like a little Figma. I think it's it, I don't think it's a, a knockoff, but it seems like it's one of those. Um, it might be either considered defective or they had extra parts that they got rid of, or you know Max Factory did. Uh, cause that's, cause what was it? I got a King of Fighters Yori one, and I was like, oh man, this is gonna look like crap. And then I get it, and I'm like, this is in great shape, and it came from China. And it might just be like, they got a hold of some, like, actual, like, spare parts, or like, maybe that's just where all the defunct, like, figures go to, and so then, like, they just sell it on the third, you know, th- third, uh, tier market or something online for, like, these resellers in China or whatever. So it was like, you know, I get, like, a, a legitimate one that's you know four times less or something. So but yeah, anyways. Do we have anything more to say on Berserk? No, I think I think we'll save uh save the rest for when we when you've seen the rest of the series. So yeah. Well uh okay. call it quits here I think. Okay. Yeah I I didn't feel like. Do you want to get into closing remarks, or I really don't feel like it. No, I don't want to do that tonight. <laughs> yeah, and the only thing about me was that whole debacle of me getting kicked off that <laughs> Christian writing group. Well, I quit basically as a writer for the website after that whole debacle in the Discord chat. Anyways, that's part of it. Is is things that I said, and I was, and I look back, and I'm like, no, I probably shouldn't have said that. But at the same time, was like. I didn't really say anything wrong in terms of what is written biblically and that pissed people off. So it's just, I made a mistake, but then also the fact that they flipped out and how they've been acting, it's like, you know what? This is, this is a great opportunity to leave. So, (laughs) 
I, I just they're very very ultra sensitive PC SJW Christians, and that is they get easily offended. Like I try to help somebody, and I was just kind of like stern about it, and then they just like you're being too mean, and, and I'm like no, nah, I'm just being real, and they're like that's, that's offensive to them, and I'm just like you got to be kidding me. So I'm like, no, nah, you, you, we ain't, we ain't hanging out anymore. So <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're better off without them. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's that. another Discord group that I, I've gotten out of touch with in, in this year. So uh, yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't play nice, and I don't, I'm not a suck up anymore to what people like the the way the culture is on a Discord chat. I'm like, no, I'm doing my own thing, and uh, you can take it or leave it. I don't. I don't have time to like cater myself to your feelings and oh, I wonder if I'm saying the right. I I don't care about that anymore. It's like either you take it or you don't. I ain't got time for that. And I don't have the will for it either. But anyways, yeah, I think um, that's what we got on Berserk, and so we'll definitely pick up the uh, next the CGI series soon, so we can go ahead and I can at least try to get this episode out maybe by the end of this month, which I have like a week left, so. Yeah, I can't we're, believe it's. I can't recording. believe it's already the end of May. Jeez, we're recording just a few days after the death of uh, Mira. Well, it, after it's been announced. Oh, that's true. It was like a couple weeks before it actually. Yeah, uh, it, like it, yeah, he was dead like two weeks, and they finally said something about it. That's how they handle things in Japan. I've noticed it happens with uh, with others. In the past, yeah. The All right. Well. I'm going to go ahead and shut her down. Thank you guys for listening, and we will definitely be back for the next part of our Berserk review once I get through watching the CGI stuff. And then we'll go from there. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad we're rec- doing podcast recordings again. So, this is this is fun. Yeah. So, I, I, am. I, I think it's nice to know that, like, I because I'm not writing anymore, that's one less thing I, I don't have to dedicate time to, and I can kind of relax now, and I need that, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel an inspiration of taking like a Judas Priest song to Berserk and making like a tribute to Berserk, uh, probably for AWA Animacement or Animacement AWA's uh, AMV competition because I've had an idea rolling in my brain for a while to uh, the Sentinel by Judas Priest, and it when I listen to it, it, it matches so well the way I want to make it. So I just gotta chuck on that till the con and. Uh, what six months now from now five months I gotta get started on it so anyways so we're it's gonna very metal anime oh yes it's awesome um anyways so maybe that might be your closing song here I don't know um dude I definitely want to do forces for the opening when I first when I was listening to it on the when I watched the series I was just like oh my gosh what is this really wonderful song um that's also a really good one too so. Alright, later guys. See you next time. Now facing one another, stand up each at time. Then all at once, a silence falls as the bell ceases its chime. Among the line, the challengers with shrieks and cries rush forth. The knives fly out like bullets. Upon that deadly course, screams of pain and agony rent the silent air. Amidst the dying bodies, blood runs everywhere. The figure stands expressionless, impassive and alone. Unmoved.
Castillo.